This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, guess what? What? I'm going back to Minneapolis, okay? You are? I'm sorry I'm not bringing you. I'm doing stand-up at Acme. Uh, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, come on out. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Acme. And it's a fantastic club, and it'll be really fun. And we'll do some stand-up, and we'll hang out. Oh, that's so fun. So go see Kurt at Acme in Minneapolis. December 1st through 3rd. Are you ready, Scotty? Are you ready? You didn't sound too ready there. Oh, I'm sorry. You ready, Scotty? There it is. There's the radio <laughs> voice. I know you were podcasting earlier, so yes, Curtie B, I'm ready. Here it is. Bratwurstgate is the scandal we didn't know we needed. Absolutely. Let's link up on a brand new yes. episode of Spicy Spicy Bananas. gals and non-binary pals welcome to bananas i'm kurt brown oler i am banana boy number two scotty landis thank you for laughing with us on the silliest little podcast there ever was kurt i have a quick question before we bring on our wonderful guest give it to me so mamory hart and i usually do a frozen margarita machine and hand out margaritas to parents on halloween while we hand out candy to the children but mamory is sadly out of town this halloween so I was wondering, would it be helpful if I joined you and your family and just kept an extra set of eyes and hands on on the little children as uh, they went trick-or-treating? Yeah, because we're having a big party at our place but and then taking all the kids from the neighborhood out. So come on over, dude. All right. Uncle, all right. Uncle Scoots is riding along. Sounds good. I love good. that. Also, just a reminder, guys, right now you can, go, you can go watch my brand new comedy special, Perfectly Stupid, on Moment.co. You've only got a couple more days to watch it before it goes to video on demand, and then you're going to have to pay more money for it. So go watch it right now on Moment.co. Co. Scotty. Yeah. Can you bring on a fantastic guest? Normally, I only do the intros for the guests who are my best friends. Today is no different. Our guest today is one of the greatest people on planet Earth. She's the creator and host of the Webby Award-winning podcast, Unladylike, which is back with all new episodes on Starburns Audio. And Kurt, I think our Murder Bananas might love her new two-part episode with mm-hmm. the greatest title I've ever heard, Illuminati Influencer Queens. So good. It's <laughs> so is, good. I already downloaded it. I'm going to listen to it on my sad man long walk after this. <laughs> That's uh, called a dad walk. Yeah, I'm taking a childless dad walk. Um, Illuminati Influencer Queens, which focuses on white suburban women who were mainstreaming right-wing anti-feminist conspiracy theories way before the posers at QAnon started to do that. (laughs) Please, welcome to Bananas, Kristen Conger. Hi, Kristen. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad to get things off to a weird start with conspiracies. <laughs> oh, are you <laughs> kidding oh, yeah. me? That's that's right up our alley. We're down. Yeah, I am very excited. And also, I have to thank you both mm-hmm. for this podcast, which helped me survive a truly hellish move last oh year. Oh. Um, and the theme song was such a perfect soundtrack as I was just <laughs> cleaning up behind myself and making trip after trip because it really was bananas. And uh, so thanks. And oh, where you were so through. welcome. Where, where were you moving from too? Just across town across in Atlanta. Town. Oh, nice. Yeah. Going from the west side to the east side. I don't know what that means, but it happened. <laughs> I love Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for 14 months and I had a wonderful 14 months there. I like oh. it. Never say it was a year, Scotty. Never <laughs> say it was a year. Well, I feel like a year, 14 months does sound like there's more of a story involved. It's like, what it sounds happened? Like a, like a toddler age, you know? <laughs> a year is like, yeah, I did a semester, domestic exchange at uh, Georgia Tech. But 14 months, they were like, so it's going great for a year. And then those last two went sideways. <laughs> Which Chris, tell us about this new the new season of Unladylike that just started a couple months ago. Yes, so Unladylike is I describe it as a feminist lifestyle podcast Love about it. the life mm-hmm. stuff we don't talk about enough or don't know to talk about. Sure, and I had been on a hiatus over the spring and summer. And was just kind of observing, mm-hmm. you know, everything, everything swirling around us all. And, you know, for better or worse, I fell down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> Easy uh, not, to do. Not in the believer kind of right. way. But I how was, do these people believe this? Right. And yeah. specifically, how do women, like what role have women played in U.S. conspiracy culture and... Talk about bananas. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for that. <laughs> I definitely didn't plan that. Um, that no, no, no. Uh, Just comes out. <laughs> I was stunned to find that the main architects of our like conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. like QAnon style conspiracy theories that we're seeing still uh, fomenting today were partly popularized by women. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is this is the kind of like uncovering women's history of like, hey, it's not exactly <laughs> celebratory, uh-huh. but I'm glad I found you and your very troubling ideas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, like, I it's just something I've never heard covered before as well. And in this day and age where it feels like every kind of angle on conspiracy has been investigated. This has not been, and that's very cool. Yes. Well, thank you. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. I'm into it. I once read, and did you find this? Um, I once read that one of the reasons that Homo sapiens survived and became sort of the dominant primate is because of gossip. Oh, Be- because they were the they were the primates. Like you know, Neanderthals were out there, and other sort of early early species um and it was that homo sapiens would 
gossip and gossip can protect you. Like if you're like, that guy over there is acting kind of weird. Cliff's been kind of shady over there lately. It might be that he's crazy and that he's going to try to kill us in the night. And I read that and it clicked for me. And then ever ever since everything about conspiracies or cults or true crime or whatever that feels kind of gossipy in a way, I'm like, oh, maybe it's built in. Yeah. Like a survival mechanism. Yeah, there's that. Right. There's that book, Sapiens. That's all about that. Like you know, our ability to tell story is what actually has made us successful as a species, and that's essentially mm-hmm. what it is, right? We're just uh, we're telling mm-hmm. stories, but without all the facts. That's what conspiracy <laughs> theories are. We're telling. Yeah. We're just trying to guess at the theory, the, the ideas of things. <laughs> Do you guys- yeah, it 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 makes a lot of sense in a Mm -hmm. weird way like with everything that's going on in terms of pandemic and uncertainty all around that it's very attractive to a lot of people to get a very simple very wrong and very dangerous uh Mm -hmm. like explanation for all of these things yes that it's that desire to have an have an evil to have mm-hmm. an evil, it makes things much simpler and easier to understand. Other than the terrible raw truth of the mm-hmm. of the complicated gray randomness of our existence, which is very frustrating and not satisfying to our idea of a story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I... and it's it's interesting that we're more drawn to finding that evil, the good evil binary, mm-hmm. than maybe taking a beat in, I don't know, less horrifying uh gray area (laughs) nuance i don't know i have a new conspiracy theory that the guys who used to dress up like the dude from the big lebowski are now the guys that dress up like ted lasso and i don't know if it's good or bad (laughs) i just think it's the same exact kind of guy the guy that like the dad for halloween that was the dude is now ted lasso (laughs) and maybe this is positive Uh, i don't maybe i don't it's a nightmare I can't, I don't understand the theory, but also I would be interested to know if any, if any, if any listeners out there have a brown animal mm-hmm. that has done both, we need to know. Yep. Is it facial hair based? I you know, think one that's year he's got the, the goatee. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, are you guys ready for this story? Are you ready for Bratwurst Gate? <laughs> yeah. Here it is. I hope so. I hear. I hope so too. This is, uh, and I. I need to send a big apology to everyone. Um, my moments before we hit record, for some reason, my um, my Safari refreshed everything, and all of my notes about who sent these stories in uh, got deleted. Okay. And so I apologize if you sent this in. I know only one person sent this in, but this is. Uh, this was originally from. Canton, the rep- it's called The Repository, cantonrep.com. I'm assuming it's Canton, Ohio. Okay. It was, dr- it was uh, written by Charita M. Gaucher. Thank you so Ooh, much, Charita. You name. are the best in the biz. And the mm-hmm. title, again, headline, Bratwurstgate is the scandal we didn't know we needed. Here it is. In Bucerus, I'm saying it's Bucerus, it might be Bucharest, Ohio. The most pressing issue of the moment is not the upcoming election, Ukraine, or gas prices. It is the dethroning of Abigail, 
Abby Brockwell, the 2021 Bruceris Bratwurst Festival Queen. Uh-oh. According to a report by the Bruceris Telegraph Forum, Brockwell was removed as queen by the Bruceris Bratwurst Festival <laughs> Board of Directors earlier this month amid claims yes. that she violated rules on travel and representation. You're kidding. I can't. You can't wait. She's accused of attending a private queen's luncheon hosted mm. by another festival in oh. violation of Bucerus Bratwurst Festival policy no. for no. being photographed holding a cell phone. What? what? <laughs> and for not wearing her, quote, drindle, a traditional German alpine dress, oh. which is a crucial element for all public appearances by the queen. Mm. Brockwell's mother confirmed that they did attend the luncheon, but as a private guest of the Baltimore Festival pageant queen, who's a personal friend of her daughter. That's right. Uh-huh. The festival queen... Definitely is in high school. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nothing uh, weird about it. The board contends the Brockwell shouldn't have attended at all because it had already Mm-mm. sent a girl representative from Bucerus. Now yes. lawyers have climbed into the lawyers have climbed into the ring. Wow. What's next? Finding out that Big Butter Jesus was in fact made of I can't believe it's not butter? Interesting reference. Good writing. Topical. (laughs) I don't know who Big Butter Jesus is, but definitely it would be surprising. Also, Kristen, this cat that is walking in front of me is not my cat. (laughs) I do not own this cat. This is a neighborhood cat named Punk who is, for the first time ever, (laughs) walking. Just a tail. Just a tail. Just Just a butthole and a tail in the camera. (laughs) What do you want, Punk? Punk just comes by when Scotty starts recording, but this is the first. Oh, are we getting some purring? Oh. No, I don't. This is the first time uh, we've ever gotten punk on camera. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, punk, please leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> uh, to outsiders, it may seem like much ado about nothing. To the parties involved, it's serious business. The Becerra's mm-hmm. Bratwurst Festival pays homage to the community's identity, history, culture, and tradition. In, pla- in places where time has stood still, where cynicism has not yet made many inroads. Such a thing still matters. Wait, wow, time has stood still in this town? Uh It sounds like it. Generations of young girls in small towns all over America have grown up aspiring to wear a festival crown. As long as the festival queen lives, she'll always be a celebrity of sorts in her hometown. Unless her crown is stripped, who would want to live with that? Uh, Then we go into something else this is all about vanessa williams for some reason um, because she was stripped of her uh miss america crown. oh that's why so we're going yeah. we're going large until we get down to the to, I, I just want to <laughs> find out exactly why what happened um okay well listen i i read another article this is not the only article see this is your conspiracy theory hole you're just like Kristen. you're chasing wiener and sausage <laughs> conspiracies all the way to the top or bottom <laughs> this 15 year girl just went to another dinner to like hang out with her friend and then she got stripped for it i mean it's crazy it's insane wow. That is insane. Right. Was it a hot dog dinner? Thank like- you. <laughs> it was it was a Baltimore Bratwurst Festival, I think. So they were like, maybe they think of it as competition. I mean, Baltimore and Ohio aren't even near each other. Yeah. I'm worried about Bucerus. Things are not right in Bucerus. I know. It might be Bucerus too. <laughs> so we we'll never know. <laughs> Either we're way. not gonna find out. 
This poor kid. This was like a big deal. I bet they did yes. a photo shoot. I bet like her her weird uncles were very proud because it was like your aunt was that too 40 years ago. Exactly. It's probably a big deal. It's definitely a big deal for her. And what? Somebody's got it in for her. This is why it's perfect for the idea of conspiracy. There's a conspiracy uh, here, right? Yes. Like it's it just an inside like, job. It's yeah. an inside job. It seems like a minor, a minor offense to go to a Baltimore festival, not where you. And also holding a cell phone. She's never to be seen holding a cell phone. That's also strange as well. Anyway, the Bratwurst Festival has some explaining to do. You know. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. That is really a weird one because it seems like it should be the most lighthearted, lovely experience. It's the one thing the town looks forward to every year. In my hometown, we had uh, uh, the Reisterstown Festival. They'd get a band from the 60s or 70s who clearly just needed a paycheck. I remember the Guess Who came once. And, you know, it was a great time where children and men on Harley Davidson's hung out and watched music (laughs) that neither one of them fully enjoyed. And the big thing was buying fart spray or snap pops, those things you mm-hmm. throw at people's feet. And yum, yum. it was a great 72 hours. So delightful. Also, it's not like this girl's probably making much money. It's not like <laughs> money involved in this. Just let her yeah. be the queen, guys. Do we know if the queen has made a statement? The queen has a not made statement. a statement. We, uh, I, I wish, honestly, at this point, I, I wish I'd gotten. The, the board contends that Brockwell shouldn't have attended at all. Uh, that's (laughs) who gives a shit. Yeah, here it is. Like all looky loo stories, looky here stories that happen elsewhere. The festival queen snafu and Buceris has been become a distraction for us outsiders, a respite from the constant conflict over abortion, classified documents, inflation. What is happening? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're really trying to tie this into some like greater thing. We just want the details about the festival, about the bratwurst queen. Uh, if you were to, uh, yeah. Anyway, a lot of people read this article is essentially what it says. It's insane. Anyway, last time I had bratwurst. (laughs) Okay. I love this transition. Yes. Yes. This was, I did it in an Instant Pot. I was like making a little like stew. Do you guys fuck with the Instant Pot? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh hell Mm -hmm. yeah. Big time. Used to be called a pressure cooker. Uh Uh-uh. Too stressful. (laughs) Instant Pot. (laughs) Much better name. So I made something that was for my whole family. And I realized after I'd, I'd made it that like I, all I had was like this soup, this like stew soup. And like grandma was there and my, my wife and my, my daughter. And I was like, I, I, I need bread. I need like nice bread to go with this. So I run Sounds out and great. go to this place down the street from my house, which you know, mm. Scotty Ball, Vivant. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's bread, big, big, like a great piece bread. of bread that's like the size of my whole arm from my shoulder yes. to my fist. Mm. Big piece of bread. Big baguette. And I, I just said, I would just like, uh, it's, it's, it's actually thicker than a baguette as well. And I said, I would like Have that, mercy. Um, that, uh, that, that, pe- that bread, please. And she's like, right, of course. And then it just like, like sh- she takes it away. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, I, I want to I go with it. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, we're just heating it up for you and getting you some butter. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, you think I'm going <laughs> to sit down here and eat a entire loaf of bread by myself? <laughs> and I was like, no, I just want it to go. I just want it to go. And she's like, okay. And then still heated it up, still gave it to me with butter. Like she's like, I, he, he's trying to make it seem like this, but he's definitely going to go outside and stand over a trash can and eat that whole loaf of bread by himself. 
and uh, uh. and so that I brought it home. And uh, my my uh, my family doesn't really eat bread that much, so um, so I did end up eating the whole loaf by myself. Oh, good for you. <laughs> she could so see it in your eyes. She knew it. She knew it was happening. That's lovely. That is so lovely. Was there a small town, hometown, big thing where you came from, Kristen? Was there like the yearly, yearly pageant, parade, or yeah. ball? You know, I so I grew up in Athens, Georgia. Very oh, fun. Oh, what a cool town. Yeah. So I feel like the the equivalent of like fall festival was just UGA football season. Oh yeah. Um, which you know, really to bring it back to like your, your festivals, hometown festivals, it was a lot of, you know, you know, fart smells and uh, mm-hmm. poppers and all sorts mm-hmm. of uh, havoc being wreaked. <laughs> yes. But people really got dressed up for those football games too. A lot of times it's like, it is a major every other weekend type of thing where a hundred thousand people come through Athens and just drink and party and watch them dogs. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a child, I there were a couple of like the the biggest games, like the Georgia Florida game used to be yes, huge. And whenever huge. it was in town, my parents would basically be like, "Okay, we're not leaving the house this weekend." Oh, there we, are it's insane masses, yeah, <laughs> masses of drunk college students out. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, <sighs> that was close I, closest I got. Wait, that, yeah. that that it was pretty often though that they were in town, right? Did you was there just all multiple weekends where it was just like we're not leaving the in house? The <laughs> I mean, well, really it was for if it was a home game uh-huh. and like the biggest uh-huh, right. home game. And the Georgia Florida game was infamous for uh just people going wild. And so anytime it was like it's Auburn was at home or Alabama was at home. And gosh, y'all, I did not mean to come on here and talk about SEC football. I don't it's even fine. watch anymore. But, <laughs> it's uh, fine. They're really but yeah. good now. <laughs> so that was the vibe. So yeah. growing up in a college town like that in high school, was it cool because you had access to like bands that would come by and stuff like that? Or was it not cool because it was the way you grew up? So I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. but I also was not cool. So in high school, the cool kids were going to parties with each other and yeah. doing like high school things. Yes. Whereas me and my like freaks and geeks little little cluster of friends, yes. we would go downtown and go to shows and try to pretend that like maybe we were we were freshmen, um, uh-huh. you know, and. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was cool to us, um, but not the coolest thing to be doing. Right. Yeah, but it's the coolest band town. You had REM, yes. you mm-hmm. had B-52s, mm-hmm. you had Widespread Panic, you had, um, no, what was I mean, just the 40-watt. The 40-watt itself is just so legendary. Oh, yeah. It's so it's such a great club. Yeah, I have spent a lot of time so at the 40-watt, um, and it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that I grew up in... A college town like if the college had not yeah. been there just growing up small town that would have been right. i feel like i would have gotten myself in honestly way more trouble mm-hmm. than i would have or did like going to like 18 and up shows you that know? that is how i feel about having grown up in new jersey is that there was no thing 
So because there was no thing to do, if you're under 21, you could go to the mall or you could go bowling. And that was it. So we just started, we just did drugs because that was like, (laughs) we had to go inward because there was no outward to go to. And if there had been like things like we would go to, we would have gone to shows constantly. Anytime one cool thing happened in that town, we were on top of it. Uh, But instead it was just, let's go to drugs. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's normal. Yeah. Um, I have one for you guys. It's Please. a very short one. This Give was sent in by Michael Lewis. It's uh, we don't normally do this, but Ooh. this it got a it got a LA uh, LMFAO out of me. I um, I LAMFAO. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I laughed ass my ass friggin off. off. <laughs> Cra- this is a Craigslist post. Okay. Oh, I like these. Here's the title. Mm hmm. Trade your Vespa for my loud parrot. <laughs> and here's the post. This was uh, location Huntington Beach, California, oh, which somehow makes it better to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> I want a Vespa. I hate my wife's parrot. <laughs> I will give you two cages, two perches, year supply of food. Yellow-headed Amazon parrot, female, talks, mostly just yells my name. That's it. <laughs> Mostly yells my name. Just wants to trade a living creature that can talk for a Vespa scooter. <laughs> I have Hates a conspiracy the theory. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think this man is planning to kill his wife. And <laughs> yeah. the only witness is going to be the parrot. The and parent. yes, this is partly the plot of Only Murders in the Building Season mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if this... He wants to give all of this parrot stuff away... In exchange for something he can then leave the crime scene <laughs> on <laughs> and escape uh, into anonymity at the beach, question Great mark? Great gas yeah. mileage. Great <laughs> gas mileage on a Vespa. Yeah. Could probably easily get up to Sacramento in one tank. He's about to go <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> my my grandmother had an African gray parrot. And uh, when we would come down, we would like visit for like a week in, in Christmas time, my mom and I. And uh, like within a day or two of being there, the bird would start going, Kurt, Kurt, because my oh. mom was always yelling my name because I was always like fucking up or doing something, Kurt. So then the bird would just sit outside and yell my name exactly in my mom's voice, which is so, the eerie part that it's like a mimic of the person who says it. Yeah, it is. There was a, a family on my street growing up and their grandmother had a parrot that would yell, go, 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 because the husband would watch football. Uh, so it, he would walk in and would just start going, go, 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 and which is very strange. And then there was a catchphrase back in the 70s that one of the announcers, I think for the Colts, or maybe it was the Baltimore Orioles, would say, ain't the beer cold, which was their, like, <laughs> it, like if, if they won, it would be like, how sweet it is. But his thing was, ain't the beer cold. So that That's parrot so would yell, fine. go, 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 go for like 20 seconds and then just say, ain't the beer cold? And I'm like, <laughs> I was eight years old, so I had no idea what was going on. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sports announcers have to have their like own little idiosyncratic things, right? They have to figure mm. out like new ways to say shit that's been said a billion times over. And like, I don't listen to, I don't watch sports, but I, that's what, I, I get that vibe that that's what they have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is it. It's an art form, but mm-hmm. it's also most of the former athletes can barely speak. They can't put they they always just say in terms of before everything they say they're like and in terms of talking about sports announcers, in terms of that. And I'm like just stop saying in terms of you nerds. Do you think that it takes a um 
that but do you think that bird owners mm-hmm. are a particular personality type? Yes, a hundred percent. You mean the the Psych strangest pets? of pet owners. <laughs> <laughs> people, Cats and dogs, great. People who have birds, they love birds. And I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. But it definitely seems, and I, I want to apologize to all your bird owners out there, but it definitely seems like the only rational explanation to how you come to own a bird is if someone ran up to you on the street and threw a bird at you and you <laughs> caught it and then you're just like oh shit i own a bird now and then they just ran away like that's yeah. the only thing way i can imagine ha- coming to own a bird yeah they live just too long i think we might have discussed this before birds live a really long time so you better you know go get a physical talk to your 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 doctor and make sure you got 30 years to go because birds live for a long time <laughs> well i guess once you get once you get old enough it can kind of be like a life alert system so there's yeah, that's, that's true. good but it is funny to think of it as a as a bird as a pet because you know like cats and dogs those other pets you know like what do they have they have they have whiskers and they have paws you know and then what does a they bird live on have? the ground where yeah, we yeah. live the birds have uh talons and beaks for ripping and clawing <laughs> <laughs> And you have to put them in a little jail so they can't get away from you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll, uh, tease us into a break here. Sure. All righty, here we go. It's, oh, this is another small town. Well, it's not small town anymore. It's like The Godfather. Irish dancing world hit by cheating allegations. <laughs> You're doubling down I'm today. Doubling down. <laughs> You're doubling down. <laughs> All right. We'll one, two, step into these sweet ads with a little extra bananas. Welcome back to Banana Scotty. Do you have any shout-outs before we get back to our fantastic guest? I have three quickies. Maddie Case is shouting out Stacy. Stacy shouted out Maddie this summer. Maddie moved for school and bananas. Our podcast, Curdy B. Bananas is something that they still keep in touch with and discuss each week. It keeps their friendship flourishing. Nice. Um, and just to double down on that, too, they are dressing their dogs up like bananas for Halloween, which is a great costume for a dog. Sweet. I like that. Very good. Maddie Case, Stacy, thank you so much. Lauren is a bakery manager at a Publix in Florida. She wanted to shout out an employee named PT. PT got uh, promoted to assistant baker manager at another store, and PT was the first person Lauren flipped into a bananimal. She turned him into a, or him or her or them into a bananimal. So let's shout them both out. Thank you, Lauren, and congrats, thank you, PT. PT. I played lacrosse in high school, unsurprisingly. I'm from Maryland. And um, we had a guy on the team whose name was TR, and I just, it just never occurred to me to ask him what TR was short for. Yeah. Kurt, what do you think TR, and Kristen, if you had to guess what TR stood for as a first name? Todd Reynolds. <laughs> Great guess. <laughs> and uh, uh, Terry, Terry Richard. Terry Richardson, yes, I controversial like, oh, vice photographer. Here we go, yeah, yeah. That was the namesake, right? <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt was his name. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt. Walters. T.R. Walters. What? And I, Theodore Roosevelt Walters wow. was his full name? 
I didn't know it until I saw his senior photo, and it said Theodore Roosevelt Walters. Nice guy, TR. His parents wow. must have been so chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. And last but not least, Val is shouting out her baby Jacob. Baby Jacob is six months old and ate bananas for the first time this week. That's got to oh, be. Kurt, you're yeah. a parent. That must be a big moment in any parent's life when their baby enjoys a banana. Oh, man. You know, I just, I I bronzed the banana. You know, it's that important of a step. <laughs> did, did I bronzed it. I made her spit the banana out. I bronzed that piece as well. And it sits on my mats on my favorite memory of my children's childhood. Totally normal. Totally normal thing to do. Thank you to the Bananimals who send us DMs. I still have a whole list, so if you haven't heard your shout-out yet, I'm sure it's coming. You can send them to thebananaspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, why don't you? The Bananas Podcast. Send us stories. We love it. Uh, And we are here with the wonderful Kristen Conger from Unladylike. Yes. Uh, a fantastic podcast. You, If you're not already listening to, you should be listening to right now. Do you think that PT, the new assistant baker, could whip out like a loaf as big as you mm. got the other, the other mm-hmm. day for your soup? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a three-foot loaf, folks, all right? I got three-foot long arms over here. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny that the American, I don't know if this is everywhere, but it is crazy that at so many, especially chain restaurants, you just get a loaf of bread before dinner. Just Crazy. Something you would you you know you don't really think to do when you're whipping up dinner for yourself. You never think oh, about speak eating for a loaf yourself. of bread. Oh, you do. You eat a loaf of bread before dinner. <laughs> oh yeah, we, I'm a I'm a loaf a day girl. <laughs> also, I it was funny. I was in when we did our show in um, in Kansas City. I went to Longhorn Steakhouse because I had 35 minutes to eat before our show. And uh, they did give me the loaf of bread right right on the table before a steak and ten shrimp came out uh, that were that were I think rolled in salt before <laughs> being cooked. <laughs> they were so salty I couldn't eat any of it, and so I ate the bread. I ended up eating almost all the bread and not mm-hmm. any of the food. Yeah. Um, all right. Understandable. You guys, understandable. You guys want to hear about this uh, Irish dancing? allegation yeah here it is this was uh, again i apologize for whoever uh sent this in uh, i lost all my contacts on this. let's dedicate it to tr walters there theodore roosevelt walters class of probably 1997 this was in the guardian so you know it's real uh written yes, sir. I've by heard of it. rory carroll rory carroll thank you rory that's their ireland correspondent Mm. Best in the biz, Rory. Mm-hmm. Here it is. The ostensibly quaint world of Irish dancing has been rocked by allegations of competition fixing and cheating, with some parents and teachers saying there is a code of amerta. Is, it, is that how you say it? Akin to the Godfather and the Sopranos. The Irish Dancing Commission, a governing body known in Irish as a on commission la rinchiglaica, has appointed mm-hmm. a former judge to investigate claims that prominent dance schools and teachers have rigged competitions that emerged in this week. It is yeah. alleged that at least 12 teachers in Ireland and other countries conspired to ensure certain dancers scored highly in international tournaments known as Feshana, 
dance teachers advocate dance competitions from small local mm-hmm. fairs, international events. The Irish Independent said in one case, a teacher and a competition judge appeared to be exchanging sexual favors for yes. higher scores. What? Yes. It's called, it's called Bonin for Points. It quoted insiders who spoke of unusual scoring patterns at competitions and cozy relationships between teachers and judges. Several parents of teachers speaking anonymously told the paper the tight-knit industry was like the mafia, with one former Riverdance star citing the HBO show The Sopranos. My God, this is intense. A U.S.-based so intense. teacher said she was afraid to ask one of the allegedly crooked judges for a favor, quote, because once you do, you're indebted to them for life. It's like the godfather. Um they, Can you think of a less sexual dance than the river dance? Can you imagine a dance that is l- let the least? It's like nothing is less like sex than river dancing. You stand perfectly straight and you only move your feet. No, no, they made no, and that's they, what the sex looks like too. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Just tickling each other. No, but I think they made. I think they made. I think I agree with you on Irish step dancing, but then Thank they you. made river dancing sexy by putting men without their shirts in it. That's what. That's right. it. Then they took the shirts off, and then it was sexy again. I don't know. We have we have a living, breathing woman with us, Kristen. Do you agree <laughs> that those men were sexy? I mean, you Michael can't Flatley. see all the Michael Flatley <laughs> posters up in my my <laughs> attic. Um, uh, yeah, I think you know they're uh, they're certainly fit. Great answer. That's very nice. diplomatic. Uh, you know, you don't want to hurt shredded. Michael Flatley's <laughs> ego. Right, and I also I don't want to shame any Michael Flatley heads out there. Um, flatheads, I yeah. I don't want to hear from the flatheads. Uh, they they are a vocal bunch. Um, but wow, I was not expecting a, a well. First of all, so many American references, mm. like of American media, to mm-hmm. in this Irish story. I, I would mm-hmm. like to say, I would like to hear some Irish references in here. Me too. Just yeah. A quick, just an editorial <laughs> Me note. Too. And I wasn't expecting sexual favors to be involved. Yeah, the right? boning, bone judging, or boning judging, or whatever it is, is is what is happening over there. I know. I'm sure it's a very big deal. I'm sure it's the equivalent to ice hockey in Canada or something. But it's like this seems pretty extreme to be cooking the books for some river dancing. <laughs> I like that you referred to it as whatever it's called that bone judging, as if it's a an official term. Oh, I thought you were saying the way you read it. I, I said, thought that's. I said it's called boning for points. Oh, bone judging. <laughs> that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> you thought there was an Irish step dancing term called bone judging? I, I, yes. well, I, I did realize that I I said my joke in the same cadence that I was reading the article. So it yes. did. <laughs> I thought Rory. Rory Carroll said that. Oh no. Well also in that. this story, I would believe it because Thank it's you. so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I did Irish step dancing from I don't know, first grade to fifth grade, I f- or fourth grade. Fourth grade is when I stopped. So probably kindergarten and fourth grade. And um and those feshes are like big deals. Like everybody pays to be involved with those feshes. We would travel. We would travel to like Pennsylvania to go to a fesh, you know, and the mm. And the competition, not for me, because I was a boy doing mm-hmm. Irish step dancing in New Jersey. 
uh, <laughs> at eight years old. So I was the only person competing against me. <laughs> so I won every single fish I ever went to. Uh, but for the for the for the girls, it was like hot, it was a hot competition. It was a big deal to win. Oh, I bet. It yeah. must have been really, it's like winning the sausage festival in the middle of Ohio or something. Exactly. It's just a huge deal. I worked on a, a pilot years ago that didn't uh, become a TV series. And the premise was two comedians um, would hang out with a bridal party, uh, to the wedding party with the groom and the bride and all their people a week before. And then at the wedding, they would do roast jokes, making fun of, <laughs> Both families. Okay. And it was Felipe Esparza. Uh, it was Felipe Esparza and Ida Rodriguez, I believe, were the two comedians that were very nice and very fun to work with. And we did one where the bridal party and the aunts and the grandmother and the mom were all going to do a Zumba class together in New Jersey because I guess a couple of them did Zumba. And the Zumba instructor did not show up, so one of the other producers had to stand off camera and pretend to be a Zumba instructor. And Because all the, the women sort of knew like the moves and stuff, yeah. but we like played music that we owned the, the licensing <laughs> to. And then this like little Jewish dude named Mark had to like dance and pretend he was like, okay, like ladies, let's go to the right. And they're like, it's not really kind of right and left. It's more <laughs> moving the body and the hips. And he's like, now step forward. And then they just started to ignore him and really got into it. But it, I just was standing off camera, like literally biting my lips so I wouldn't laugh because I'm just watching this little Jewish producer be like, <laughs> to all these Puerto Rican women, American women, <laughs> be like, okay, it's like do si And they're like, not here. <laughs> not here, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> not this. Oh, Kurt, why did you hang up your dancing shoes? I did not like it. Uh, that my <laughs> so my grandmother was a dancer, so I had been yes. dancing my whole life because um, my, my grandmother ran a dance studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and uh, I have all these photos of me again as the only boy in like 25 like five-year-old girls dressed as bees and then i'm in the back i think as the honey i'm not dressed as a bee Uh oh i'm i'm as i'm some other thing but i had like a yellow shirt on and then another one where everybody's bunnies and i was something else like in the background but that was like jazz and then my mom just signed me up for our step dancing because i was raised to honestly believe i was irish because it was Everyone I knew was Irish Catholic. Everyone. Yeah. And sure. I had red hair, so I looked the part. And then, you know, and then I, we, I, we got 23. I have, ze- I have no Irish in me. There's <laughs> zero Irish in me Is at all. Is that true? I would have guessed none. you had some. I didn't I know that. None, none, none. It's all like Northern. Uh, it's like German. You know, Finland and German and, you know, all the Northern areas. There's no Irish at all. And so I just was raised as if I was Irish. But until fourth grade, the only thing I enjoyed about Irish step dancing was we would do it in the Shark River Hills Fire Department. The the fire department had like a utility <laughs> room. That's where we'd take yes. Irish step dancing. Yes. And the bathroom we used was a fireman's bathroom. And so they had um, they had pornography in the <laughs> in the stalls that there they would go. not remove when all of the third and fourth graders came to Irish step dance. So we would always oh, have to be gosh. like, I have to go to the bathroom, and then like go and sit in the bathroom. And it was like off brand pornography. It wasn't Playboy. It was like a smaller. It was like a smaller, a lot of like uh, stories and stuff, like erotic stories. And I was like, this is. 
a fascinating world. I love yes. it. Yes. So that was my favorite Her, part. And then yeah. when I realized that was my favorite part, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be Irish step dancing anymore. Yeah. Kurt went to the bathroom 230 times that day. <laughs> oh, that is so funny to me. I, I once One night in New York, my sister was randomly in town, and a bunch of her friends uh, were up also, and one of them was dating an Irishman. And when... When I met him, we were in like a bar somewhere in Midtown, and he would walk up to people, just random people in New York, and go, "I'm Irish," and in his accent, and everybody would be like, "Yeah," and then like they would work in. And I'm like, clearly this has to run out. It didn't no. all night long. He would just no matter what bar we'd go in, he'd tell the bartender, he'd tell other tables, he he would literally just say, "I'm Irish." And people would be like, that's great. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> in New York, people, they, it really is true. Everyone loves the Irish. Did they probably bought them drinks, right? All, all night long. Yeah. And it's the irony is that like the Irish were treated so terribly in New York like 200 years ago, <laughs> 150 years ago. And now you just say, I'm Irish, and you're not paying for a drink all night. <laughs> oh, Kidoki. I'm going to stay on this theme. Kurt and I don't tell each other our stories beforehand, but this has a little little bit of a conspiracy edge too and it's about food very strange it must be in the air jessica lind sent this in a little while back jessica we got to you thanks for sending it in this was on kurt's favorite website he has a tramp stamp of this delish.com and every Uh, day i regret putting it somewhere i don't (laughs) see it every day The fact that it's on my back, I wish I had gotten it on my knuckles. On your front. Yep. Delish.com. <laughs> Sounds like when, when the internet was new in the late 90s and you just everybody bought every domain, yes. socks.com, pets.com. Somebody's like, delicious.com, delish.com. Um, this was written by Daniel Delish Harling. Uh, <laughs> I put the delish in there. She did it. <laughs> Best in the but best. Danielle, if you're listening, you are now Danielle Delish Harling, and I'm sorry. Uh, Barilla customers sue because Italy's number one brand of pasta is made in the United States. <gasps> oh. So you you guys know Barilla. It's the blue box, right? Oh, yeah. I always oh, thought yeah. it was probably the best because it seemed very Italian. Well, boy, get in on this class action lawsuit. If you've ever picked up a navy blue box of Barilla pasta, you may have caught a glimpse at the pasta brand's slogan, quote, Italy's number one brand of pasta, end quote. Well, it's that very slogan that was at the center of a lawsuit filed last year by customers... Matthew Sinatro and Jessica Prost. Uh, Good Morning America reports. According to the pair's lawsuit, the slogan, quote, leads reasonable customers to believe that Barilla's products are made and or manufactured in Italy using Italian ingredients. Right? Yes. Oh, sure. Kristen's in. Kristen doesn't agree. (laughs) I'm a little skeptical, but I'll I'll hold off. (laughs) Yeah, so it's okay. That's why we have bananas. It's a dialogue. You know, we dive in. <laughs> it's a discourse. For those unfamiliar, Barilla's, are, it's probably like Barilla's, products are primarily made in the company's wow. plants in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, it sounds like it's actually Barilla. <laughs> it's not Barilla. It's ba- the most American accent, <laughs> Barilla. 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 Uh, as a matter of fact, Kurt and I just ate at uh, a fast food joint in Ames, Iowa, because we tried to go to Taco Bell in Ames, Iowa, and it was locked. And we were like, we have to pee. We're driving to Minneapolis. 
Um, it's a third inside, Taco Bell that we've tried to go to together. Yes. And <laughs> they, they refused to have us. I don't know why. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Britta argued that there's, quote, no reasonable consumer would be deceived. <laughs> no reasonable consumer could be deceived. I mean, I get their argument, too, uh, by their packaging since they're conspicuously marked made in the USA with the location of their headquarters in Illinois. Unfortunately for the pasta brand, the judge in the matter, Judge Donna M. I think it's Ryu, could be Ryu, has just given the lawsuit the green light. So it's moving forward. She uh, dismissed Barilla's attempt. Uh, to drop the case in response to the lawsuit proceeding, Barilla had Barilla had to share this with Good Morning America. Barilla remains committed to vigorously defending against unfounded claims, as the wording on our box clearly states: "Made in the USA with USA and imported ingredients." We're very proud of the brand's Italian heritage and the company's Italian know-how, and the quality of our pasta in the United States and globally. Italian know-how is a slippery <laughs> term. Like, what, what does that mean? Italian know-how. <laughs> we, we drink espresso. <laughs> we yeah, know that you have to boil water before you put pasta in. We know that from Italy. And maybe toss it a dash of salt. <laughs> Just a dash so they don't stick. We know this from Italy. No, oh, man. I remember as a kid... Was this true with you guys? Like, people would always talk about al dente as mm-hmm. if it was some, like, authentic idea of being Italian. It's like, no, no, me, personally, I like my pasta al dente. You know, and it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody does. That's what mm-hmm. everybody eats it as. It says mm-hmm. on the box to make it al dente. But in New mm-hmm. Jersey, it was like, no, for me, because I'm Italian. I like it al dente. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, pal. Uh, when I first moved out to LA, there was somebody sent me a video of a guy auditioning, um, just some random actor, and he had written a scene, and he, it's just him sitting at a table eating and nodding at somebody off camera that we don't see. Grown man, late 40s, blondish hair, and all of a sudden, he slams down his fork and yells, this isn't Al Dante, I said Al Dante, <laughs> oh, and then laughs God. maniacally, and then the laugh turns into crying. <laughs> no. Really? Yes. I will find it. It is one of the strangest videos. I used to laugh so hard that a friend of mine grabbed a screenshot and turned it into a throw pillow for me. <laughs> this isn't Al Dante. Oh, man. I would also like uh, like a character named Al Dante. <laughs> yeah. Al Dante. Al you know? Dante. <laughs> Maybe, well, you know. They're making a new Naked Gun movie, so you may be in luck. I'm a little stiff. My name's Al Dante. <laughs> a little slippery and a little stiff. It writes itself. It know? writes itself. <laughs> so I also went down a conspiracy uh, wormhole because Texas Pete is also getting yes. sued currently. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. According it's to made Camille. in Louisiana. Um, right. So the makers of Texas Pete hot sauce face lawsuit over product being made in North Carolina. North Carolina. Same thing. Tabasco is made in Louisiana. There you go. There it is. Uh, (laughs) Camille uh, Camille Fine or Camille Fine for USA Today wrote this, and it's very similar. Man filed a class action lawsuit against Texas Pete Hot Sauce after he learned the product isn't actually made in Texas. And I'll skip reading the most uh, thing, but one of the things that he said is... um, Yeah, this is part of his complaint. He feels cheated. 
in the way that the market leading oh, because of the market leading position of this brand in a three billion dollar hot sauce industry comes at the expense of law abiding competitors and consumers <laughs> nationwide who desire authentic Texas hot sauce <laughs> because they when they uh, because a flavor profile is targeted to be uniquely Texas over several hundred years. It is no surprise that Texas takes great pride in its hot sauce. The complaint says, "This is so." I am sort of for the Brilla lawsuit, and I am completely against the Texas Pete lawsuit, and I I can't articulate why. Kristen, where do you come down? <sighs> well, I was. I'm first curious. Does Texas Pete guy? Does he live in Texas? I believe he, he lives in California. Be... Okay, <laughs> throw it out of court. Throw it out of court. It's California resident Philip White purchased a bottle of Texas Pete at a Ralph supermarket in September 2021, believing it was made in Texas. <laughs> then he filed a case this year on September 12th uh, in Los Angeles federal court. Oh, so wait a second. It does. He doesn't. He doesn't even own a hot sauce company. No, he's just a guy that feels hoodwinked. Uh, he feels misled. What? Is and has he the a... time and money to yes. bring a lawsuit? What? I don't know. Also, I, don't know. I love, I kind of love this guy. That like, <laughs> well, that's it. I'm suing. And it's just like, who? Oh, you're suing Texas Pete himself? <laughs> yes. This uh, guy's got to be impossible to grocery shop with. Yes. <laughs> and he's just like staring at the boxes like, are you sure about this? Fool me once. Keebler elves, real, <laughs> fake, you decide. They're what in an industry in? where we've been trying to make elf cookies for a long time. And Keebler elf is the market leader and there's no real elves. That's right. I worked with this dude named Steve when I worked as a salesperson in Queens. And uh, like every month on one of our shifts, he would get in. He'd look at me. He's like, I got to get my cakes. And I'd be like, you got to get your cakes? He's like, I got to get my cakes. And what this meant was we would drive out to like where Queens meets Long Island. And there was a Hostess Wonder Bread outlet. Have either of you ever been to one of those? Yes. No. It is where stuff that has just expired is taken off the shelves and sold for dramatically cheaper like prices. A, like a quarter for everything. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was and, one in New Jersey we would go to all the time. And you should. Those things have so much preservatives in them. There's yeah. no difference. It's forever. just food waste. Yeah. But Steve owned, I, you know, his side hustle was he had 20 vending machines in Queens and Long Island <gasps> at LaGuardia Community College. And so he would go and we no. would buy... All of it. I would go with armfuls, like you would think, like truly armfuls of Twinkies and Ding Dongs and Snowballs <laughs> and Zingers and all that crap. And we would drive around on that shift where we were supposed to be selling Red Bull, and instead we would stock vending machines <laughs> with expired, and then he would eat them the whole time. That was that was the part that would be so funny to me. We'd be driving around, and he'd be like, they're really good, though. They're still fresh, as if he was like still knew fresh. I was going to sue him. He's like, they're still good. So he's marking them up to like $2, getting them for a nickel or whatever. But once a month, I got to get my cakes, man. I got to get my cakes. <laughs> He was a cool dude. Oh, man. Kristen, tell us more about yes. Unladylike. Tell us where else people can find you. Give us all of the information. Oh, my goodness. Well, Unladylike comes out every Tuesday, Ooh. and you can follow the podcast uh, at Unladylike Media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And I think that's I think that's all the things. Oh, or you can go to the website, unladylike.co not .com 
Because I couldn't get that M. I yeah, couldn't get that old. M URL. Okay? It is that's so web funny one. that they got rid of the M dot co. Yeah. Like there's so many things that are dot co now. And I just was like, they just got rid of the M. Next yeah, is dot C. <laughs> and it just find... looks like a typo now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> do you have, uh, do you do all this research yourself? Because we, you know, we get our stories sent to us and then we kind of find the best version of the best headline. But do you have to do all this research on your own or do you have people that help you out? Oh, I I would love to have people who help me out, right. but I do all of my own research. Nice. Incredible. Yes. Awesome. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fun, you know? I um it 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 keeps me curious and engaged and surprised Absolutely. and as long as you as you guys know, as long as I'm learning new things. Yeah. It's great. Send me down the down the rabbit hole. I'll go. Absolutely. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being on Bananas. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been a blast. The joy has been ours. Curdy B. Banana. Banana. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.